Proverbs 21. Proverbs chapter 21. Amen. Well, uh, we've been in a series, as most of you know, called How to Go Broke. All right. We want to help you a little bit more today, instruct you a little bit further how you can absolutely go broke. Anybody interested? Listen, if you missed any of the previous messages, you really have no excuses now because it's free online, okay? And you can get caught up. Today, we want to start with the seventh step in your broke process. Uh, But if you want to get one through six, definitely do. I believe it will be of huge help and benefit to you. Let's go ahead and pray before we get into this word. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. You're a good and faithful God. We acknowledge you in all our ways today. Thank you for providing for us, for speaking to us. We ask you now for the word, for the hour, and the message for this time. May there be grace that is sufficient for each and every one to receive what they need from you now. We thank you for utterance and boldness now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay, we're ready to go. And so again, in this series on how to go broke, we want to remind you that Christians are not supposed to be broke and sick and depressed and falling apart in their life. Okay? Uh, There has been some amazing, amazingly erroneous teaching in the body of Christ that actually would say that, man, if you're just kind of sick and you feel like junk, that that God is doing something in your life. He is perfecting you and making you more holy. And No, come on, man. That is a curse, and we need to really see things for what they are, not put a religious spin on them, just understand what the will of God is for us. And when you're broken, sick, and depressed, and down, you're not much benefit to other people. And God wants to lift you up. Come on. Wants to lift you up. Make your life better. Put a smile on your face. Money in your wallet. Come on now. Healthy body. Live this life long and happy. And have a positive impact on people who don't know Him. Okay. And so in How to Go Broke, of course, we're hoping you take the reverse of all these principles. Put them into motion. Put them into practice. So you can avoid a lot of the junk that people live with. Now, Proverbs 21 and verse 5. This is point number seven, 21.5. says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty surely lead to poverty. They surely lead to poverty. And then here's another one. You just write this one down in your notes. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. This is uh, the living Bible. Okay, the Living Bible says it this way. Any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. All right, let me read that again. Any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. It is really important that we live with a plan. Okay? Let me, let me give you the, here's how we're going to state it. Number seven, how to go broke, live without a plan. Live without a plan. Just kind of take life as it comes at you. Just kind of live day to day. Whatever happens, you just kind of react. 
Just respond to this circumstance and react to what this person says and this situation in your life. But don't ever have a plan. Don't ever do things on purpose. Don't ever run things over that are in the way. Are you listening? A person who was going to have plenty, who was going to have abundance, is a person who lives on purpose. They do what they do by decision, not because they're just forced into a corner and that's all they can do. How many know that a person of faith is not a person who is reactionary? They are not always reacting to everything that happens, but in contrary, things around them are reacting to them. Okay, that's a big, big honking difference. In a believer, someone, and I'm saying a believer, a person who lives by faith and a person who lives by whatever happens to them. It's kind of like one person is more like a thermometer, whereas another person is more like a thermostat. Okay? Some people, they can always tell you how it is, they can tell you the temperature. They can tell you things are going good or things are going bad. And they're bad more than they're good typically. Right? If you look out in the world, it's kind of the way things go. But a person who is more like a thermostat, they've got the power, don't they? And they are controlling their environment. They're not just reacting to it. They're saying, it's cold in here. I'm going to make it warm. It's hot in here. I'm going to cool things off. Things are not going so well in my life. I think I'm going to change it. How many know that comes from the basis and foundation of knowing that the name of Jesus is powerful, all authoritative, and it belongs to you. That God has given you His Word. He's given you the sword of the Spirit. And if we will put these things into motion, we can change our circumstances. Okay? So I do not want to live my life and let everything happen to me. I want to be the kind of person that happens to life. I'm, come on. Anybody ready to go out there and happen on something? Yeah. Instead of having everything happen to you. And so, uh, where are you going in your life? If, you're, if you stay doing what you are doing today, you continue on that path, where will you end up? The problem with some is they've never really even thought, that, thought about that. They don't think about five years from now. All they think about is, man, they might get to Friday. You know, they look forward to Friday or they don't look forward to it if they got bills due. But that's all the further out they can see in their life. They're not looking years down the road. What does what I do today, how does it impact where I'm going to be a few years from now? And so wise planning is very, very important you could just wait around for something good to happen in your life you could just wait around it probably won't ever happen or you can get busy with a plan get busy doing things on purpose go with me to Genesis chapter 1 Genesis chapter 1 let's follow the example that we have in the Lord and uh, I believe that God's got things figured out how about you? Yeah. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image 
according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every, uh, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, first of all, you can see the, uh, one of the messages in there is that God wanted us to take charge in the earth and not be dominated by the things around us. The environment is not God. The animals are not God. Uh, God is God, and he, he delegated authority for us to rule this planet. Okay, That's the way things are supposed to happen. You have a lot more power than you realize. People have a lot more authority in their life than they realize. And so a lot of times people get over into church circles and all of a sudden they're told, well, God's doing everything. God's kind of running the show and controlling everything that happens. That is just not true. It is just not true. And it becomes real common for... I didn't mean to get off on this tangent, but forgive me. It becomes real common for, for Christians to always say, well, especially when something negative happens. Well... God is in control. No, He's not. Where did you read that? I know I'm ruffling feathers whenever I say this, so just smile and act like act like you agree. Where does it say that? My Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. The God of this world is Satan. My Bible says over in 1 John that the whole world is under the sway or the control, depending on the translation you read, of the evil one or the wicked one. Well, what am I going to do with that if I think everything God is controlling? He's not. He'd gladly take the reins of your life, though. If we submit to Him, follow His Word, will He offer His controlling power? Yes. But ultimately, here's what we must remember. That decision's up to us. Okay? Far more things are in our hands than a lot of people give credit. And that's why God gave us a book. In reality, you don't even need this if God's controlling everything. Because why do I need to make any changes? Why do I need to think different and act different and live different? Because I don't need to do anything if God's just going to do the do the do run the show amen anyway that's not the main point here but it's enough to trouble some (laughs) don't want you to go away bored (laughs) the point I'm trying to get from this verse is this then God said let us make in other words God was a planner it said and God singular said let us plural you can see the trinity there right So the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost got together, and they said, what should we do? Let us make man, make him look like us in our likeness, and let him him be in control like we are. Let him have dominion and have power over, over creation. But God had a plan for man, and then he performed it. Then he put action to it. And you know what happened. Of course, man fell. Adam and Eve fell, and the, the sin came into the human race. But how many know God had a plan? He, he knew this would happen. He made a plan to redeem man back to himself. But watch this. It took a while. It took a while. We believe approximately 4,000 years is how long it took to get for God's plan to pan out, for Jesus to come in the flesh and be our substitute and redeem us back to himself. And this is part of the thing that we need to understand. We've got to be willing to wait. 
We've got to be willing to sit back and not be in such a huge hurry all the time to make things happen. God had a plan and it took a while. And many times in our lives, things that God wants to do and things that are involved in in the plan for our lives, they're going to take a little while to work themselves out. Okay. I've heard this said before that if you don't plan to succeed, you plan to fail. And many people, I just, this is my concern, they're just doing nothing. They're just going to work. They're just going home. Just taking care of the kids. And uh, not that we exclude those things, but if that's all we can see, we're never going to get out beyond tomorrow. We've got to get beyond my current predicament, my current uh, obligations, and look to the future. Look beyond where we're at. How many know a builder doesn't go to build a great structure, doesn't just uh, show up in his pickup truck with a few supplies in the back, say, you know what, we could put it right over there. Yeah, come on, let's go do it. And go out there with their hammer and nails and a few two-by-fours and start building. I mean, no, there's a lot of preparation that goes into uh, building something beforehand. They need structural engineering. They need blueprints. They need a lot of preparation ahead of time if that thing's going to look good, if it's going to function like they want, and if it's going to last. And oftentimes when people just jump impulsively and quickly make a change, quickly do something new, they don't plan it out. They don't pray it out, talking to Christians now. They don't get the mind of God. They'll jump out and do things. And I tell you what, in a few short years, if, if that, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. And so it takes... Uh, time to prepare, to plan, to get things ready ahead of time so that things will work. Now back to, you don't necessarily need to go back if you turned away, but Proverbs 21.5 again says, but those of everyone who is hasty surely leads to poverty. In other words, the plans of the hasty. That, that almost seems to me like a contradiction in, in terms. When someone says plans and hasty. Because how many know the hasty person, their plans took about 30 seconds. Hey, why don't we do this? <laughs> hey, why don't we move, move, move to California? Okay, let's go. <laughs> hey, why don't we buy this? And, you know, and, and it's just quick decisions. There's, hard, there's hardly any planning involved with a hasty person. But this is, again, where we need to recognize the flesh. Okay? Your flesh does not really enjoy later. Am I right? If yours is like mine, I'm a, I want it now. Come on now. Bring it to me now. I'm a now kind of person. But the flesh does not like to say, okay, let's think about this for a while. Let's prepare. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's look at all the ups and downs and ins and outs and plan this thing out. And maybe after a few months or maybe after six months, we'll make a decision. Hmm. And that is the reason, because of that antsiness about us, it's the reason why people fall into uh, gullible traps, too. You know, someone comes over and says, I got this opportunity. This is amazing. This is, I mean, the window of opportunity, it is closing. But it's, it's just going to cost you this much right now, but the returns are going to be amazing. But you've got to get in now. If you don't do it today, I mean, you're going to miss an opportunity. I mean, everyone else, they're going to be flying high and you're going to be left here alone and you're, you're going to wish you really did. <laughs> okay. If that happens to you, can I tell you, let it pass. 
if it's really something that's right and, and you're, you're a prayer and you walk with the Lord, I think He could let you know ahead of time. Opportunity coming up, wants you to get involved. But how many know 99.99999% of those? They're just going to rip you off. They're going to take your money. And uh, we're not going to have testimonies right now. But, uh, <laughs> but understand that the hastiness of the flesh is something that oftentimes will get people in trouble. I've seen people more often, way more often than not, miss it by moving too quick than they did miss it by not moving quick enough. And so most of the time, our objection, our, uh, what we want to accomplish and our plans need more time. Oftentimes, there's a, there's a lot of excitement when you first have a new idea. Oh, we could do this. And you start imagining all the good things. You know, all of a sudden, you say, we could, there's a, I got a job opportunity in California, and we could live by the beach. And the weather is nice and warm. It's going to be great. And they, they didn't even think about smog, <laughs> traffic, <laughs> what? <Okay>. earthquakes, <laughs> gangs. What did you say? <laughs> the fact that their kids are going to resent that they moved them away from their friends. They're not thinking about how, uh, you know, maybe a husband in the home was calling the shot and his, and his wife was going to resent him for never including her in the decision. And, uh, and there's all kinds of things. They don't even think of that. They just think, son, <laughs> beach, Ooh. swimming pools, movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and they're thinking about all, all the good things. And, and the same thing is true whenever we're making plans or looking at our future. Don't just consider everything that can go right. And listen, this is not a lack of faith to examine the whole thing. Are you listening? We'll, we'll, come, back, we'll come back to that. But it, it is right for us to not be impulsive or just do things without forethought look at the sacrifices look at what needs to be made Isaiah 28 says this you just you can just write it down Isaiah 28:16 the last part of the verse says whoever believes will not act hastily whoever believes will not act hastily and how many know this is uh, this is true for people who, uh, many of you who are, who are married, and you can remember, uh, some of you it's tough, I know it's been a while, but uh, you can remember the time, uh, the days leading up to your marriage, and, and, and oftentimes people have the stars in their eyes, and they can, <laughs> hopefully you still do, how many still do, all right, good, and, uh, uh, but, but sometimes when people get in a relationship quickly, and they don't take time to plan and, and look at the whole thing, they can see, wow, this is going to be great, and they see the honeymoon, and they see the picket fence, and, and, <laughs> and they see all the things that they've dreamed of, all the things that they desire, and they don't realize that it's not all about sex, and it's not all about everything romantic and, and, and all that. But they need to talk to someone who's been there for a while and realize, you know what? Everyone who has a strong, lasting marriage has overcome some bumps, has overcome some challenges. There are things that they don't like about their spouse. 
Can we be honest? Not us, but... (laughs) And not Pastor Allen. (laughs) And it's okay. You know what I'm talking about? But people have learned that there's going to be hiccups, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be challenges, and you just don't let it run you out. Okay? But it's important to look at the whole thing. It's not all about the beginning. It's called housework. It's called kids. It's called bills. It's called in-laws. It's called whatever. I mean, you can go through a number of things that individuals have dealt with in their life and challenges that they, they have faced. How many know it's important for a person going in when they just meet the person of their dreams and they're, wow, look at them, that they have a little dose of reality and do that ahead of time. The hasty person goes in and, well, I didn't expect this. Your feet stink. Why didn't you tell me? Well, if you would have, uh, you know, maybe stayed with them a little longer than, you know, those few months, you might have found out that they have stinky feet. And, you know, maybe it would have been okay anyway, but at least you know going in. And likewise, with, with all of our plans, are some of you laughing because you're relating to this? Or, you know, you got the underwear hanging on the railing and it's just not what I pictured. They didn't put that in the bridal magazine. <laughs> Again, now, planning requires foresight. You must be able to see beyond this week's activities. Must be able to see beyond what is currently happening in your life. I know with with my job, you know, what I do as a pastor, I constantly have to look at this week and months down the road. I'm constantly seeking God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say to the, to, the, to the church today? And where do you have us going? In what direction are we to be taking? And I think that model is good for all of us. Independent of what you do and whether there are those type of requirements on you that you're looking at today's responsibilities. I need to take care of my business. I need to be faithful with my stuff. But I need to know where I'm going. What do I need to do today to be ready for next year? And be prepared. And what plan and what path do I need to be on. So I'll be ready to go when, when the time has come. This leads me on another. Back, this, back to the, uh, the whole construction illustration. How many know if you're going to build a house or build a building. That uh, you've got to have some preparation ahead of time. And don't, don't just hire a crew of framers and electricians and plumbers and everyone else. And say okay go out there and get it ready. You've got to make sure that when they are there, supplies are there. And so they can get to work and have the necessary resources to get the job done. Likewise, where, are, where am I going? What am I doing today to make sure that a year from now, there's going to be enough two-by-fours on site? There are going to be enough nails. There's going to be enough all these things so that God can come in and say, I want you to do this, this, and this, and I'm glad you've got the stuff ready to go. You've been diligent, you've been faithful, you've studied to show yourself approved unto God, and now you've got the materials to do something awesome for me. Be ready. Be prepared. Have a plan. Do things today that don't benefit you today, but benefit you down the road. Okay? And so, uh, I know I've been, I know about uh, airplane pilots. They are told that when they come in for a landing, that they are not supposed to 
maybe maybe there are some here not are not supposed to just look at the end of the runway and uh, and just keep their eyes focused on that point because likely what's going to happen is they're going to come and go boing <laughs> and hit really hard but they're 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 told to look up and look down the runway that way when they come in they'll have a, sni- a nice glide in. But if they're staring at everything real close to them, they're going to hit hard. But if you look up and look down the horizon, you'll have a nice smooth landing. Likewise, what are we looking at? Are we just looking at right here, or are we looking down a ways and getting ready for what's coming up? Okay? Let me, let me give you one more scripture today. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. I, I know this while I was in Bible school. There were some who, with just an outstanding zeal for God and wanted to win the world and wanted to get things done, they knew that the world was in trouble. And uh, they had this type of mindset man, I can't stay here. I can't stay here and go to school, especially go to, you know, a couple of years. Man, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is on the way back. We've got to get out there and preach the gospel into all the world. We can't wait. You guys can sit around here in your little classes and study. I'm going to go win people, win people for Jesus. And in one sense, you think, well, I'm glad you're so excited. But their zeal was without knowledge. Okay? They didn't know how important the planning and preparation stage in their life was. And so they jump out and they become far less effective than what they could have done. Because for me, that's 20 years ago. Here I am. Lord hadn't come back yet. Did I think it was a possibility that he'd come back between now and then? Sure. Sure. But he didn't give me a date, so it's good to prepare. It's good, it's good to get ready. It's good to take time. And most of the time, I mean, the Lord's only coming back again once. I mean, there's only one group of people that might even have the thought, oh, I guess I spent too much time preparing. <laughs> What's the likelihood that that's going to be you? <laughs> That's delayed, but we'll take it. <laughs> if, you, if you're going on a trip, I mean, if you, you jump on the car, you say, I'm going to head down to Las Vegas or something. You've got to cruise through Nevada. How many know you can go through some spurts in there, and there's nothing for a long, long time? You know, and just driving across town, you might look down at your gas gauge and think, well, I've got plenty of gas. I'm good to go. But if you know you're getting ready to take a trip and head out into the desert, and you look down, and you say, I have half a tank of gas. Well, I'm good. <laughs> you might be stuck in the middle of nowhere. What is it? What's, what's needed? Just a little planning. Just a little planning can make all the difference whether we fall short of our goals or whether we get there. Amen. It's always a price to pay for progress in any worthwhile endeavor. You're in Luke 14, verse, let's see, 28. You there? If anyone comes to me, and that's not where I'm at. Verse 28, there we go. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build, was not able to finish. Or what king uh, going to war against another king does not sit down first 
and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. Jesus here is teaching about discipleship, you know, and saying, you know what you're getting into? Look at it first and then commit. But this principle really goes across the board whenever we're going into stuff. Man, let's take some time to plan. Don't just count the upside. Look at the downside. This is the man, this is Jesus. Fig tree to speaking Jesus. Mountain moving, giving us faith lessons Jesus. And he's saying, listen man, you got to look at what you're getting into here. This is going to cost you something. You think you're going to follow me and not give up anything in your life? You're wrong. He said, I want you to look at it first. Look at it ahead of time and then make a decision. You coming, you coming with me? Come. Likewise, if I'm going to build a build a house, I'm going to build a business, I'm going to move my family, I'm going to marry a, a wife, I'm going to do all these things, look at it first. Look at the ups and downs. How is this going to affect you? And of course we know this. The final word in every situation for a Christian now is what is the Lord dealing with me about? Okay. We look naturally, but when it comes down to it, there will be times when you think, man, this is the best thing. This, is make, this makes sense. This is what I need to do. But the Lord will say, no, it's not. That's when you throw your plans out. That's when you say, okay, I'm going to trust you in this situation, not just make my mind my God. Okay? And so there are situations where we need to trust God, and we need to make His Word the final word. But let me get back to this. Once you have a plan, stick to it. Stick to it. You've got a plan. It's a good plan. It's, it's where you want to go. Stick to it. The only time you deviate is one is, first of all, if you figure out that you missed it. You know what? We really missed it in this. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have gone here. Then you backtrack. You say, Lord, forgive me for, for missing it, for being wrong. And, you know, we've all missed it. We've all made mistakes. Forgive me for being wrong. And then I go back. If you figure out, it's, you know, this is just the wrong thing. Or if the Lord speaks, you, speaks to you right in the middle of it and says, Mm-mm, that's not my plan for you. Okay? But outside of those exceptions, you get a plan, stick with it. Anyone, like I said before, that has done something great is going to have challenges. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be bumps along the way. And I don't want to be a person who's moved by every difficulty. Hmm? Okay. And so let's so bring it on. We're going to change them anyway, right? Amen. 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 And so how can we go broke? Well, again, live without a plan. Proverbs said again, any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. How many know that common sense and being led by the Spirit of God do not have to be a contradiction? wisdom and the voice of the Lord go hand in hand obviously you can take that too far but I think some people haven't taken it far enough because bless God I can pray now I can speak in a heavenly language I can do these things and that's how my life is led yeah I, I agree but you know what if your car breaks down you still might want to get a good mechanic are you listening so why do you say that? Well, some have kind of, they get excited about faith and authority and believing, and they think, well, if a Christian, if their car breaks down, they should just go lay hands on it. 
or anoint it with oil. <laughs> no. I mean, if you're stuck out in the desert, there's no one around, no cell phone, nothing, get your hands on the car. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, Lord, I'm stuck here. We need some <laughs> supernatural help. But at the same time, most things we deal with with common sense. And that, what does that make for? It makes for a Christian who can be relatable to people in this life that don't know about spiritual things, but yet you've got God's provision, His help. Your, you keep your joy no matter what you're going through. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you for your help and your presence. Thank you for instructing us and giving us wisdom and direction today. Thank you for leading us in the way that we should go. Oh, you're doing a good work in us. Lord, we believe that you are helping us to be prepared and to plan for the days to come and the months and, and, and years to come so that we can be ready at all times under every circumstance Oh, to bring glory to your name, to be blessed and prosperous and have plenty in every circumstance and situation. Thank you for helping us today, Lord. We do look to you. We yield to you. You're a good God. What a faithful Lord you are. Lord, we honor and bless you today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I pray today for those who have come who have never been born again.